Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Goldmouth Ramble. Uh, this week, I am your host, Reese. Uh, I am stepping in for a sadly somewhat under-the-weather Nick, who's had a bit of a rough week, so we're giving him the week off this week and we're going to take over. But joining me is our regular other co-host, it is Jacob. Hello, Jacob. Hello, Reese. How are you? Just, I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? Good. All good. All good. Yeah, sending well wishes to Nick. Um, hope she feels better soon. We'll be back next week with a vengeance to discuss Absolutely. Norwich's brilliant result going up at this this weekend. I'm Mate, sure he's coming. Honestly, I've got bad vibes, especially after, <laughs> honestly. I'm watching the the Chelsea game on right now, and already Lukaku and Vern have got injured in the first half. So, oh, are you joking? Oh, genuinely, yeah. Lukaku rolled his ankle. Vern has pulled up on his hamstring, like non-contact thing. So that's a concern. Lukaku was my big transfer for the week. In uh, mate, I had to keep an eye on that. Fuming. <laughs> we'll we'll get into that uh, later on. Um, but we have a one of our regular episodes this week. We're going to talk about the breaking news of the day, which is uh, the second managerial sacking of the season. Uh, Steve Bruce has left his position as Newcastle manager. We will give you our team of the week, courtesy of Jacob. Uh, we'll preview this weekend's games. And we will all, as always, end the show with a trip to my own personal fantasy corner. Uh, not the one you're thinking of, the regular football one. Um, but we will <laughs> not the one on the dark with... web, not that one. No, exactly, yeah. We'll, we'll keep that one for a later episode when we're looking for more uh, listeners, I suppose. Um, but to start things off, there is only one story to talk about today, uh, is that Newcastle have uh, mutually consented to... Uh, depart with Steve Bruce. Uh, they have relieved him as duties just after he managed his 1,000th managerial game. I wonder if that was planned. Uh, it's very possible it was. Mm. Uh, but Steve Bruce himself has said, left a statement and he says, this is a club with an incredible support and I hope the new owners can take it forward to where we all want it to be. I wish everyone the very best of luck for the rest of the season and beyond. Uh, Newcastle, of course, they haven't um, announced any new manager's coming in just yet but we'll talk about that shortly uh but they are going to be looking in earnest for a new head coach in the very near future um jacob what are your uh thoughts on the steve bruce departure today um i mean it, it was pretty inevitable as we've, we've been discussing for a few yeah. weeks i think and especially last week steve bruce was probably the first to admit that he thought this would happen um I have to say, I, you know, I've I've criticised Newcastle and Steve Bruce a fair bit on this on this show, and and <laughs> I think rightly about? so. Do you know what I mean? I, you know, he, yeah, yeah. He wasn't the right man to take them forward, regardless of this takeover, and and the team weren't really performing. Um, but you know, the the way that it's kind of hung over him for this last couple of weeks and I think it was I think it was Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville on Monday Night Football as well were saying you know this is this isn't right how Newcastle mm. are behaving and keeping it dangling and you know making it quite clear that they probably are looking for someone else but they're not going to sack him yet and and stuff like that and I think it is um, you know it, it it's sad to see him depart in this way but hopefully it has been an amicable breakup and mm. Um, you know, all all things aside, Steve Bruce is a, a brilliant footballing man. You know, a thousand games in in management is incredible, and yeah, is. you know that statement that you just said there as well just kind of highlights how much of a 
a good man deep down he is you know despite what we may think about his footballing philosophies and management style he is he's a good guy so you know all the best to him hopefully hopefully he does find another job i, I saw him he said he might this might be his last job um mm. but hopefully not it would be good to see him back one day somewhere else i mean yeah i don't have you know much to say about him as a person like, he does come across quite well I just mm. don't think. I think the game might have moved ahead of him, yeah. you know, moved on from the Steve Bruce way, um, and he's a bit, a bit past his time. I think, um, like you said, Newcastle are. If you can hear that, I apologise. That was just a, a car screaming past my house. Crying um, <laughs> <laughs> um, neighbourhood. Yeah, literally, just super dark area swaddling coat. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's a bloke that's been around the block and he's managed all sorts of of teams and all of his teams tend to always end up the same kind of way yeah. where they just run out of his ideas and they just look are looking poor and that's what Newcastle were this year they have not looked good they've looked rightfully you know 19th place in the league mm-hmm. only better than Norwich and that's not saying much to be fair but you know it's the way it goes <laughs> look at how much um, we're going to dig into Norwich now oh, mate, I've here. been waiting for this freedom <laughs> the shackles are off today uh, but I thought it was really funny that I say funny, it's quite sweet that, um, did you see Sam Maximan's tweet dedicated to Steve Bruce today? I didn't actually, no, no. oh man, it's, it's really thoughtful, he says Sam Maximan says, you are without a doubt one of the most gentle people I've ever met in the world of football, you've been a man of your word a caring man and a fair man who never hesitated to protect us I will never forget how you treated me and for that I'll forever be grateful. It's been an honour and a privilege to have you as a coach. Thank you, Steve. That's quite nice. That's, that's really nice. Yeah, that yeah, is good. I didn't think, to be fair, that Sam Maximan and him would have got on. I don't know. No, I didn't. They don't, they don't seem like the, the kind of people that would click. But I suppose, to be fair, Sam Maximan's pretty much the only Newcastle player that's been mm. performing for Bruce. So maybe that is Absolutely. partly down to it, is, is the respect that he has for him. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, I so I guess the big question is who are they going to bring in? And we did talk about this last week. Mm. I thought I thought about a question just earlier when I was kind of planning this episode. Do you think the manager they're going to hire in the next few weeks? Do you think that person is going to be the manager they see taking them long term, or is it going to be a little bit of a stopgap until they can find their main man? Uh, I think it'll probably be a stopgap. Let's yeah. be honest. I think it, to me, it, it'll it'll probably be a, a fairly similar situation to what we've got at Tottenham with Nuno, um, mm. where you know Nuno wasn't the first choice. We've talked about that, and even his yeah. contract suggests that I think it's if we don't if we don't finish top six this season, they can let him go next summer without any compensation, yeah. um, which says it all. You know, he's clearly not here for the long long haul unless things go really well and i think probably the same with with newcastle you know no 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 big manager is going to take this on just yet with the position they're in you know that like we said last week there's more risk that they'll get relegated this season than than break the top 10 even yeah. probably yeah so i don't think any massive manager is going to risk their reputation on on this project just yet mm-hmm. um you know i think the names of, of like lampard and gerard and stuff like that floating around probably make more sense as a a manager who's ready to prove themselves again in in Lampard's case and as we said you know if Newcastle finish 17th this season really that's that's all that needs to be done you know they just need to stay in this league so it's I think it's a good 
a good fit for a manager like that. Um, but no, I can't see a, a big name coming in and being here for you know, 10 years and overseeing this massive journey to, to massive success. I know what you mean. I think I'm probably, I think, like the two names you mentioned there, Gerard and Lampard, they, they were the, those are the ones that I would look at as mm. the long-term projects for Newcastle. I think weirdly Gerard more than Lampard because Gerard has proved, you know, he can manage, you know, obviously the Scottish Premier League mm. is the Scottish Premier League, but it's still a, you know, a well-respected league. He's a winner. It has, exactly. And he's, he won the league last year, didn't he? Mm. And, you know, he set a ridiculous record with, with Elite Rangers in terms of not, Losing a game all season, I think they did. I think so, yeah. Um, yeah. Along those lines. So he I think he looks like the man that would be an interesting hire for Newcastle. Mm. And I th- I do think if they do get relegated this year, I think giving Gerard a season in the championship to kind of stamp his authority on the team and let them run riot in the championship and then bring them up next you know, the season. Imagine that money in the championship, by the way. Oh I know. They would just they would absolutely steamroll that league. It's a horrible you know, thing. They could they would buy, I would imagine, you know, the best players from kind of the lower end team of the of the Premier League potentially, mm. or the best players in the championship. And you know, you'd bring over people like probably Tavernier from Rangers, maybe, you know, one yeah. of the strikers he's got. I think there's there's a chance there for Jared to do something quite interesting with um Newcastle, but it remains to be seen. Like you said, I don't think someone like Conte will look at Newcastle no, no, yet until not. they've got a clear plan and they've got a better squad of players to work with. Mm. And maybe they, if they have a, a couple of you know top ten, top eight finishes, mm. that'll probably entice him over, but not just yet. No, definitely not. I can't imagine it. The one, the one big name that I have seen floated this week mm. is is Mourinho as well. I he, saw that today. He actually, made a little yeah. comment about Newcastle, which. Mm. Like you don't come out and sit. What it's something like he's always had an attachment to Newcastle and City and the people. I don't know why, but um, oh no, sorry, it was no, it was Bobby Robson, wasn't it? Was the reason. Yeah, it was. I, I was just thinking, why would he have that connection? But yeah, Bobby Robson. Um, but that to me just sounds like putting your name in the window just in case. Like, yeah. You don't come out and say that unless you're looking at potentially being earmarked for the role. But that's just Mourinho playing games, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, uh, any any kind of mention of his name in the press and online and stuff like that is, is always going to feed Mourinho and make mm. him happy. Um, so he just, yeah. yeah, I think he just wants to be involved. But that would be very interesting. Roma as well. I think it would be yeah, Roma. It would. and also someone like I'm thinking like Tammy Abraham, who yeah, who's come there to. Tammy said like Mourinho was the reason he's come to Roma. Like he convinced him to sign for them, and then. Six months in, he's like, right, I'm going to Newcastle. See you later. <laughs> like, that's a bit unfair. Yeah. Maybe, but maybe you might bring Tammy with him, potentially. Probably. Probably would do, yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I don't think um, I don't think Mourinho would do it either. I think he's nah, in a, so. a similar ballpark to Conte where he wouldn't he wouldn't want to go for it just yet, maybe in a few yeah. years. But um, yeah, it'd be very interesting to see what they do. I'd, do you? Well, question for you then, Reese. Do you think yeah, yeah. they will get someone by the weekend? For the game at the weekend, or do you think it'll be a a slower process? I think I think they are going to take it seriously. Mm. I think they're going to look at the options available, and they're going to weigh up the alternatives. And I think they've they've said that Graham Jones is going to be the interim for now. Mm. I think he was part of the backroom staff there already. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Um. So I think they'll stick with him for the time being, and I think they want to get someone in sooner rather than later. Um. But if you look at kind of Newcastle's run of fixtures, 
Um, they need to find games at some point, and they've got some winnable games coming up. You know, they've got mm-hmm. Palace at the weekend. They've got then they've got Chelsea week after, but then Brighton, Brentford, Arsenal, Norwich, uh, Burnley, Leicester. Like that's quite a nice run of games mm-hmm. to have for a new manager. Um, in. Yeah, absolutely. And then the players that they've got are gonna want to try and prove themselves for a new mm-hmm. manager. And they'll have that classic, you know, the honeymoon period of a new manager, probably mm. because of the excitement. You know, it's it is an, an, an interesting process for yeah Newcastle to go through at the minute. So it's only going to be it's a very interesting part of the season yeah. for them. I'm very excited to see who they appoint. That's, that's yeah. going to be a big big move. Like we said, that'll answer that'll answer our questions as to whether it's a, a stopgap mm. or a, a long term kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I'd be very surprised if it's a big name. I think it could be someone like Eddie Howe if the mm-hmm. time being. Because he's I don't think he's working there, is he? I think he's no, no. since he got sacked at Bournemouth, he's been waiting in the wings. So he could be a shout for at least, mm. you know, a season or so. Yeah. And then see where they are. Steady the but, ship a little. Yeah. Exactly. See that. We shall see. Um so from this weekend. I actually really enjoyed this weekend's Yeah, it was a good one. Really good it weekend. Was, I think I was correct in my prediction of a lot of goals but yeah. i was wrong in many like actual predictions of the games so i'll take a, a small victory there yeah um yeah. <laughs> but jacob why not talk us through your uh team of the week for game week number eight gladly um so in in goal there's only one person it could have been edward mende unbelievable oh, performance mate. against Brentford. <laughs> he is the reason you won that game 100 oh literally <laughs> i put this in my notes for the kind of previews later, but Brentford mm. could have won that game 4-1 very oh, easily. yeah, definitely. Some of the saves he was pulling off. And, oh, I know. Yeah, perfect performance from Mendy. Um, he's he's becoming a regular in this team of the week. Mm. I think I've got a little running kind of draft for the season, team mm. of the season, and Mendy's firmly in goal for that. I think he's yeah, yeah. now been in this team of the week three times. This season out of eight weeks, so yeah, he's nailed on as that at the minute, and he is my star of the week this week as well. We've gone for a goalkeeper as the star first time. That's a rarity, but I think he hmm. deserved it. And it, yeah. it was good that it came for Mendy as well in a week when loads of kind of his teammates and fans of his, you know, were saying that why wasn't he in the Ballon d'Or list mm. when he was the best keeper in the Champions League last year, yeah. the season he had, and all that. Like it was just nice to see him then show Prove to the why. world. You know, yeah. exactly why he's as good as, you know, why he's so highly rated by everyone. So, yeah, yeah definitely. Play, really, really good. Um, and I think, you know, much like Petacek in, in the back in the day, I think if Chelsea do win the title this season, a lot of that will be down to his goalkeeping and his kind of yeah. organisation of that defence as well. They really seem to be um, solid in front of him as well. So, yeah, they do. Very good from Mendy. Um, moving into defence, we have another repeat offender who's been showing up uh, fairly regularly for us. And again, the, probably the right back of the season for me so far. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, another brilliant yeah. performance for Liverpool against Watford. Um, and again, it's just kind of down to the fact that he's not just absolutely solid at the back. You know, he, he looks. I know Liverpool didn't really get troubled by Watford at all in that game. Oh but, God. The, you know, the performance of people like Trent made it look easy as well. Anytime Watford threatened, he was just there to stop him and, and break free from defence into attack. And that's that's the key thing for me when looking at Trent. 
and any fullback in the modern game, you know, can they can they stop the attack on the other side, but can they start a new one for their team as well? And Trent did that many a times at the weekend, and he's such a good. You almost kind of skip the midfield when you've got someone like Trent at right back. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't need to play it through the midfield. You can just start with Trent and get it to Salah and, yeah. and Mane. So yeah, brilliant performance from Trent he's like, once again. He's basically like the perfect modern right back, isn't he? Yeah. Like he's he's a, you know I think he's had some critiques for his defensive work in the past, but I think he's mm. a really solid defender. But you know going forward, he's absolute top goal. Yeah, his unreal. crossing is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Like he's he's what you want in a right back. So I think we we said it when we did the um, the all time eleven right back episode. Give it give it five ten years, Trent will be potentially the best right back the league's ever seen. Sorry, Gary Neville. Um, yeah, <laughs> no. If he carries on the way he is, he's got to be. He's he's been fantastic already, and he's still so young. So, yeah, should be much more to come from Trent. Um, at centre back, we have uh, a player who's been absolutely awful this season <laughs> up until this weekend. Kailas <laughs> um, Yanshu for Leicester yeah. has had an awful season, really torrid season. He's made so many mistakes. Every time I watch Leicester, he's he's been at fault for something. Um, but against Manchester United, he, he popped up with a goal, played really, really well at the back. I know it was a, a bit of a free-scoring uh, affair, but you know he he was he was very very solid at the back, and hopefully, hopefully that's a bit of a turning point because he is you know when last was it last season he joined or the season before? He's been here one season or two. It's a good guess, actually. I'm not sure. I, th- I would say two seasons, but yeah. I'm entirely wrong. He he's one of, especially last season, and you know, from watching him, he seems like one of the best kind of outside of the big big centre backs. Yeah. You know, the potential kind of that one of the big clubs will probably come for at some point. So it's a yeah. shame to see him not have a good season so far this year. But yeah, hopefully it is a turning point for him that game and and Leicester as well I think it would have been a bit of a turning point because oh, they needed that yeah they've not had a good season which is probably linked into how some of the players have performed but he he really stepped up Leicester really stepped up and there's a couple more Leicester players in this team of the week as you may have mm-hmm. guessed who we'll get to in a bit uh, alongside him in defence we have Roman Saiz uh, mm-hmm. Wolves he also scored at the weekend um, in an incredible game, which Wolves won in the 95th minute. Um, yeah, brilliant. And, you know, I think it was a it was a bit of a toss-up for me between Saïs and, and Conor Cody. Mm. The way that Conor Cody leads his team, brilliant. I'm a big fan of Cody. Um, you know, even like when he plays for England as well, he's always there in the press conferences afterwards and really kind of carries himself really well. He does. I like um, his honesty. Like yeah. he's very upfront about what's going wrong and what goes right. And, and he just seems like excited that. all the time as well. Yeah, he does. Do you know what I mean? Every time he plays for England, he looks like he's absolutely buzzing that he's just played for England, which you mm. should be. Um, and same for Wolves. You know, he loves it. And I, I saw him after the match, kind of like rallying the crowd and stuff. But um, I've gone for the probably. Quite a performance of Roman Saiz, who obviously, as I say, popped up with a goal. And he, similarly, last season was, was really good for Wolves as well. I think, you know, Wolves have got a pretty strong defence. And mm. players like Roman Saiz is a big part of that. He gets forward a hell of a lot. He's a brilliant fantasy football player to have. <laughs> um, always pops up with a goal or, or an assist. And, yeah, he was, he was brilliant for Wolves at the weekend. 
and at left back again it was a bit of a toss up so obviously Ben Chilwell scored for Chelsea brilliant goal he's in a really good run of form as well but I, I just felt like despite that Chelsea did look a little bit shaky defensively and that's why mm-hmm. Mendy had to be as good as he was um, so instead I've gone for no buyers whatsoever uh, Sergio <laughs> Reguilón who, who again you know similar to Trent I just I love watching him I love how attack minded he is as soon as he picks up that ball he's sprinting down the left he's trying to find those attacking players and start uh, a move that's going to lead to a goal he's He's similar to Trent again. He's working on his defensive side of the game, and I think he's getting a lot, lot better at that. Uh, and he's tracking back and stuff. But for the way that he kind of carried Spurs from the back, and you know his involvement in attacking plays is always really influential. Plus the fact he was influential in saving someone's life as well, which yeah, kind of a little bonus that point for him there. Mad few minutes that went. Yeah, crazy. Um, yeah, horrible to see, but glad, glad to hear that the fan is is okay now. Um, yeah. And yeah, again, you know, the post-match uh, interviews with uh, Reguillon, he was just really, really concerned about that moment and saying, you know, this is, that's more important than the game, blah, blah, blah. And I think that's, you know, it shouldn't count towards the Team of the Week stuff, obviously, but it just shows how much of a kind of level-headed mm. man he is. And, you know, although he's just been part of a big win and a good performance. That's all he cared about. But his performance was really good. And I think he was probably one of our better players on the day. We we probably were still a little bit shaky at the back, but Reguilón yeah. wasn't part of that shakiness, I wouldn't say. For me, he was the one who looked the most solid. You did kind of labour to victory the other weekend. Mm, it, was, it was... At 3-1, I was mm. absolutely buzzing and delighted and very exciting. It got to like 87 minutes or whatever and the commentators were talking about, you know, like good win for Spurs, blah, blah. Newcastle needs to... It looks more like the, the end um, of that era rather than the start of a new one. I was like, I was thinking, yeah, it does. They've been crap. <laughs> <laughs> and then fucking Eric Dyer just knees the ball into his own goal and <laughs> made us all sweat. Um, Did an Eric Dyer fair play. Yeah, to be fair to the guy, he's had a much better season this season. I've kind of depended, him and Sanchez both have have kind of stepped up a little bit um, since Toby Oliveira left. But he, both of them, just especially Dyer's always got that mistake in the locker, and he stresses me out to watch. (laughs) The sooner we get a a partner for Romero that's a lot more consistent, the happier I'll be. Um. Okay, so we, we've gone for a, a 4-4-2 again this week. Uh, keep it nice and traditional and simple. Um, so into the midfield, we have another player who's probably in the season, the team of the season so far. Bernardo Silva has been oh. instrumental for Man City this season. Um, I think he was, we spoke about this before, he was very vocal about wanting to leave and I don't think Pep was too fussed if he stayed or... or or left, uh, but it didn't happen, and he's he's massively stepped up to the plate and become one of the potentially the first names on the team sheet for Pep at the mm. minute. I know that's difficult because he changes it all the time, but uh, he's been brilliant. The way he's he's playing is so creative. He's he's involved in everything that City do. Um, you know, I think we've we've talked about the fact that City are not lacking in creativity because they've got tons of that, but they're lacking that outlet 
to kind of finish mm. these moves and make sure it's a clinical move. And I think Bernardo Silva is is the key component of everything that they managed to put in the net at the minute. And he was yeah. exactly the same at the weekend. Um, yeah, just, I think just... as well, it's worth saying, I think we mentioned it before, when he had that amazing game against Chelsea, just mm. doing it from a different position than he's mm-hmm. usually been used for. You know, since he's signed for Man City, he's been normally one of those like inside forward, right winger type players. He hasn't mm. got the speed for a winger, but he's that creative out on the right. Yeah, player. he doesn't. He doesn't need the speed, really. No, does exactly. He? he has that like David Silva quality of mm. just having that Silky. quality control on the ball and just runs around and yeah, he's yeah. he's a really quality player. He is really like him. top player. Um, in the midfield alongside him, we have John McGinn who got a goal and an assist for Villa. Uh, ended up on the losing side somehow, but um, he's he had a really good performance. His goal was 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 great, as his goals usually are. Um, and I think he's he's been one of the highlights for Villa this, this year in the absence of Grealish, obviously, leaving. A lot of the creativity kind of falls to him. Nick's not here, so we can talk about Brendier and say that he's not really kind of made his mark just yet. No, so I think it's been down to you know to players like John McGinn to really carry that. And it is a shame they were on the losing side, but brilliant game. So all the better for the neutral. That was a good game, yeah. I think as well there was. I think Brendier, to be fair, did pop up once with a nice through ball. Mm. There's there's no doubt he'll come good. He will. No, yeah, he's 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 too talented a player. But I think I remember Nick saying that. You know, last year with Norwich, the vast majority of Norwich's goals was from Wendy playing a ball between the centre backs that Pookie ran mm. onto. And I think I saw my first one towards Danny Ings, I think it was. Didn't a, score from Wendy pass in the wild spotted. I know, yeah. It was <laughs> it didn't score, but it was like that that's what he offers. Yeah, yeah. And it was a, it was just a really nice pass. Yeah. So it's coming, like definitely. And and that that villa team can be really exciting when, when everyone mm. starts firing on on all cylinders, you know. Yeah. With Watkins and Ings and Bailey Buendia. Uh, I want Bailey to come back. Bailey made me excited when I saw yeah. him in that game against was it Leicester? Uh, Everton. Who they beat three now? Everton. Everton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was brilliant there. We we need to see him. Bailey again, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, alongside him we have Yuri Tielemans who scored a fantastic goal. Uh, was it you, Reese, that said you thought it was a cross? Yeah. Watched it a few times. And I'm I, I not think, sure. I don't know, man. I think the way it loops up over the hair was just like, I don't know. I'm not uh, entirely convinced by it that it was an intentional shot. But <laughs> I think we'll, it was. We'll never know. We'll never I think know. it was. But either way, brilliant goal. Um, it looked great, to be fair. It looked yeah, it did. Like that. It did. It literally, I remember watching it on the um, match of the day and I audibly gasped. When I saw <laughs> just when I saw it kind of leave his foot, I was like, oh, and then it dropped in. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant goal. Yeah, um, and he, I really, really highly rate Tielemans. I think he's another mm-hmm. player who won't be at Leicester forever unless they yeah, break that. that top four. He's he's bound to go to a top, top club and he deserves it because he's one of, one of my probably favourite midfielders in the league who's, mm-hmm. you know, outside the big names again. Um, I'd love to see a player like that at Spurs. I, really I think he's the, he's the kind of player that Man U are desperately lacking, aren't they? Yeah. Someone to really kind of shore up that middle of the park to play alongside Pogba. Yeah. I mean, Pogba Tielemans would be a hell of a midfield player. So. Yeah. Both of them are very good at, at that kind of the solid and they can stop a, 
you know, they can stop a counter attack, but they pop yeah. up with a lot of creativity and attacking flair as well. So, yeah, wherever. I mean, I'm not. I'm not selling Leicester's best players just yet. But if <laughs> when T. Livens goes, that's going to be a big move, and I think open notch, yeah, bigger club. Uh, but yeah, love watching him play, and he's he's such a such a dynamic midfielder. He, he, again, we talked about this already earlier with Trent and stuff like that. But he's the main kind of link for Leicester, I would say, between defence and attack. You know, they, yeah. they pass the ball into Tielemans, and Vardy's on the move, and Iheanacho and Barnes and Madison, they know that something good's going to come from Tielemans. So, very crucial player for Leicester. Um, and a big part of that win. Um, and then on rounding out the midfield, we have Daniel Pudence for Wolves, who scored. Did he score? I need to double check. Um, you keep talking, I'll check that. Yeah, Daniel Pudence for Wolves, very, very. Uh, exciting player um, for them as well. Again, probably a player who could end up at a bigger club. I think he's got a lot of potential. Mm. Um, but he he kind of, you know, Wolves have got, we've talked about Jimenez and um, Huang Hee Chan as well up, up top who are looking like a decent partnership. But I think yeah. he Wolves score, need... Though. He didn't. I think he got an assist no. then. He did yeah, something he did exciting. Assist, yeah. I know something. <laughs> yeah, he um, he's in there for a reason. I don't know what. You guys research <laughs> him. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think players like Podence and Nato and uh, Neves and stuff are, are really important to that as well. And, and Traore as well. Um, who actually had a, quite a good game, Traore, as well. For once. Oh, just quickly, I need to address Traore's run that he should have scored oh. from. I know. That would have been one of the goals of the season. That's what the, I thought. The bloke cannot finish to save his life, but it's exactly that's that's the reason I'm so glad he didn't come to Spurs in in the summer because he I, there's no doubt that he can take people on, but there's nothing else after that. Um, but no, they you know they look good. Uh, Wolves are maybe in line for a good season again this year. They you know, they obviously had a dip last year, dropping I think well, it was 13 after two seven. Uh, place finishes, but this season they could potentially turn that around. Um, and then up top, we have probably the most obvious pick uh, every week now, uh, Mo Salah, who once again was at the heart of everything Liverpool did in the massive win against Watford mm. and scored what could well be goal of the season potentially. Um, just the audacity of it <laughs> to just like stop the ball, take it past the one man, bring it back. Just easy trademark little finish. Just mm. he's a ridiculous I footballer st- at the minute. I think I would put more money on the Man City one being goal this season, but you could easily argue that that goal as well is as good. Yeah, it's, def- also, it's definitely going to be up there. It is, and also his assist for Mane was oh. unbelievable. Yeah, the outside of the foot just passed for about what, the little, twenty yards across the field. Oh, I love the little shrug off of the defender as well. Like, mm. didn't even touch the ball. Just, I'm just gonna shoulder you out of the way a little bit and then dink this through to my teammate. Um, unbelievable the the vision and the and the class and the skill that that man has got at the minute is scary. And I think I've I've heard people saying, "Is he the best player in the world right now?" In, in current form, Reese, what it's, do you think? It is. It's hard to argue against him. Yeah. I'm. St- I'm still 
on the fence with not on the fence but i still have my reservations just because of what i've seen from him when he was younger at chelsea but He's making it harder every week to say he's crap. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like I'm me and my parent, my dad and my brother are convinced that he's just not this like technically a genius player that everyone I thinks really he think is. is, you know. But yeah, like every week <laughs> he does these things and I'm like, what the fuck? Where was yeah. that when when we signed him at Chelsea? We just we just didn't see it. No, and now he's... he's just doing all this and oh it's madness. Yeah. You can literally count on him to score every week. Or, or at least get is involved in everything. He um, is propping my fantasy league up on his own. Oh, yeah, game. same. If it wasn't for him, I'd be fucked on fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bo Salah. Um, yeah. Another player who's very much nailed on for team of the season right now. Great games. Yeah. Um, yeah. Long may it continue for my fantasy team, but also chill out a bit because other teams need to catch up as well. <laughs> uh, but no, really, really good performance for Bo Salah. And that goal will be talked about for a long time, I'm sure. Um, and then partnering him up top is another player who's been in the team of the week um, a couple of times already this season. Question marks were raised at the start of the year with his performances and whether he, whether he kind of lost his touch a little bit. But Jamie Vardy is well and truly back in the game uh, yes. at the minute, scoring for fun. And yeah, again, massive part of the reason that Man U Related at the weekend, um, which we'll we'll not we'll not talk about just yet until until the inevitable happens. Uh, a man you playing tonight, right now, in fact, in the they Champions are playing League right now, and they were two 0 down, but they've oh. got up three two, obviously. Oh wow, okay. But that keeps Solskjaer on the job for another week, so yeah, I'm right with it. This is it. I, I think we we put it in the chat like um, Solskjaer might keep his job for a bit longer. We want that to happen because. Yeah. Let's just see how this plays out. It's, yeah, it's quite exactly. fun to watch. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, Jamie Vardy, back to back to people who are doing well. Um, Jamie Vardy, again, just he he's similar to Salah, but obviously not quite on that level. But you just can't bet against him, really. You know, we like I say he had his doubts. I doubted him at the start of the season, pondering whether it, it might be the start of the decline because he's 33 now. Something like that. Yeah, he's getting on a bit. So we, he's you know, still that, rapid. I know it's yeah, it's scary. Um, but yeah, he he's been brilliant this year. And, and again, if Leicester have turned a corner, that's probably through Vardy dragging them round the corner uh, with his goals. But yeah, that is the team of the week, week eight. Um, some really really good performances, really good games. Mm. It was quite hard to pick these this week. There was a lot of. Um, Honourable mentions in my head and, and our heads collectively, but that is the team. Yeah, I thought Firmino might have made it in, but when you look at his hat, yeah, hat, but they were all fucking tappings. Like. Yeah, exactly. That's it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't put him in. It's crazy that a hat trick doesn't get you in the team of the week, yeah. but it can't. We've got higher standards on the Ramble exactly. podcast, mate. Exactly. Yeah. Score from outside the box, mate. Then you might get in. Exactly. Do something a bit more impressive than just tapping him from two yards out. Yeah. Uh, Right then, uh, now is the time for our wonderful, my favourite bit of the show actually, the uh, the previews of the weekend, uh, to mm. find out what is going on uh, this week. So we've got, again, I think it's quite a nice set of fixtures uh, this week. Does look yeah, that we could have quite a few more goals. I've personally gone for less goals than last time, but we'll see what happens. Um, I think so I've got kicking, quite a few. 
Yeah. Yeah, I've got a few. My predictions are quite high scoring, I think. Um, so kicking off the weekend uh, on Friday Night Football, which is, I do mm. enjoy a good Friday Night Football, we have Arsenal against Aston Villa, which to me is quite an exciting opening you know, picture for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so Arsenal against Villa, they have won the last seven of the last ten games against them. However, Villa have won the last three, um, which is interesting, which I didn't expect that. No. Um, but in terms of the game itself, I think Arsenal against Palace on Monday night, they got away with one massively. Mm. Um, they played well the first half, but they just pitched in the second half and did that Arsenal thing this season. They just didn't know what to do. And I think for me, that game was Palace throwing it away rather than Arsenal winning yeah, it. Definitely. I think Arsenal, you know, they did hang around and they kept creating things, but, you know, it was more about Palace failing to counterattack properly. You could tell Palace were just sitting there and we're going to sit on this lead and try to hold out. Well, that's not how you play games in 2021, Magic no, no. Vieira. Come on. Um, but the, I think Arsenal are, you know, they are showing signs that they're not the disaster team that we thought they were a few weeks ago. Um, I think they were, if, if this had game had been played, you know, for a month ago, they might have not got that equalising goal last minute. So I think they are starting to get it, scoring goals at least, and I think they have finally found a bit of form to kind of cling on to. Whereas Villa are in an interesting position because obviously they did throw away a pretty disastrous lead mm. with only 10 minutes against uh, Wolves at the weekend. And I think I was speaking to my mate at work who's a big Villa fan and he was saying that for you know, 80 minutes, Wolves just made the game hard, but Villa, they were fine. They were cruising until the eighth minute and then they, it all just went to shit when Wolves <laughs> decided we've got nothing to lose. Let's just throw all our best players mm-hmm. on. And it turns out, that's how you win games. Funny that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so Villa have got to sort out some things defensively. Um, but I think this could be quite a competitive game. I think they both need a win, you know, after their previous weekend results. Villa more so than Arsenal. Mm. Um, but I've personally gone for a 2-1 Arsenal win mm. at home in the Emirates. I think Arsenal will pull that one out of the bag, I think. What about you? Um, yeah, it... It's going to be a close one, I think. Like you said, Arsenal, they did look really good in the first half. Well, they looked all right in the first half against Palace. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Aubameyang looks to be wanting to play and and perform again, which is always good for Arsenal. They they definitely need him. Mm. Um, But yeah, like you say, I, I saw enough in the second half to suggest that Arsenal are not fixed. There's not, there's not, they haven't had that solution yet. I think there's still a lot of problems there. Uh, Villa similarly, you know, they their inconsistency is driving me insane. Just to as a neutral to watch that, um, especially for a team that did so well last season. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. similar to like Leeds as well, who were had such a good season last season, and now they're miles off that. So it was a shame to see teams go backwards a little bit, uh, unless it's Arsenal. But um, you do make a good point about the Emirates. But I just yeah. feel like I feel like there's nothing between these two at the minute. I feel like they're very very similar teams. I'm gonna go yeah. for a one-one draw. That's fair. That is fair. I can see that happening. To be fair, I think Villa will. Arsenal can't defend very well, so mm. I think Villa are going to score with the players they've got. Yeah. But I just think Arsenal at the minute they're just they're 
you know, their form is just creeping up, just ever so slightly. If I had to pick a winner, I think it would be Arsenal, but mm. I, I just can't see the team say. having enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am currently waiting for Nick's prediction, so he can't get away with suddenly having a perfect weekend next week <laughs> in terms of the scoreboard. Uh, so we'll, once we've got those, I will read them He's probably just going to copy our predictions anyway. Well, he always week. does, doesn't he? Yeah. We know our stuff. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, next up this weekend, we have got... Let me just get my list of fixtures up. One second. It, it's your turn, I believe. Mm. And we've got we uh, Chelsea, Chelsea against Norwich. Yeah, yeah. Our, um, Saturday afternoon mid day kickoff what have we got the goal mouth derby um, yeah it is yeah so this is uh, looking at the the head-to-head and the recent fixtures um <laughs> it's one of the one of the most one-sided of recent <laughs> history um mm. chelsea are unbeaten in 17 meetings between these two teams oh, really? um which is pretty impressive um Obviously, Chelsea are in phenomenal form this season. Look very, very dangerous going forward. Norwich have sort of steadied the ship a little bit. They picked up a couple of points. They've kept a couple of clean sheets. They haven't mm. scored though, which is the big issue um, yeah. for sure. And they literally had an open goal to score. Yeah. And they couldn't do it. Yeah, no, that was uh... any any team that wants to do anything in this league needs to be able to score goals. But especially to say that we need to at least get a player who's got. Even just like eight to ten goals in them could be enough yeah. to, to make the difference. And Norwich should have that with, with Pookie, but they haven't got that at the minute. Um, I can't see them stopping this run against Chelsea at all. Chelsea have obviously had a very good night tonight. I think, and especially after the weekend against Brentford, where they didn't look top form, I think Tuchel will sort that out big time at the weekend and I this is my big one for the weekend I think Chelsea are going to win 4-0 well we just have just one 4-0 as well um, we'll see I am just based on tonight's game I am concerned about not having mm. Lukaku and Werner because um, they, they, obviously they are our two main strikers obviously you know we will have people like Havertz and Mount and Hudson and Doy mm-hmm. and Ziyech to call upon so it's not as if we're lacking players but, you know, you've, when you've just signed Lukaku, you do want him to play as every game mm-hmm. that you can. And I think it is kind of annoying that Tuchel this week was saying that he thinks Lukaku's been a bit overplayed both by us and by Belgium, um, which explains his he hasn't scored in six games now for Chelsea, mm-hmm. seven including tonight. Um, so I was hoping that we could get some form against, in these this run of games we've got against teams like Malmo and teams like Norwich. Well, um, this is it, the... the... Well, Nick's, Nick's famous along came Norwich was what I was thinking <laughs> when I signed Lukaku for the week. Yeah, I thought, yeah. he's not scored in ages. Norwich are up next. He's going to get a hat-trick. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe not now. We shall see what happens there. Um, I think, like you said, I think we should be all right at home mm-hmm. against Norwich. But as, you know, I'm a big follower of uh, football accumulators on Twitter and they have this long-standing saying of never trust the early kickoff. Mm-hmm. And it's it could be one of those where Norwich have got to find a win somewhere, and yeah, just, yeah. you know, bad vibes of them getting a, a goal on a counter attack and then just parking the bus for an, an hour. You know, that's not out of the realm of possibilities. And we've had a couple of clean sheets in in a row. We know mm. that's mm. potential, but we should see that one out. I think. Um, but anyway, on to the uh, three o'clock. What's Saturday. your score prediction? You predicted. Oh, good point. I have. Oh, <laughs> shit, I don't like. I don't like doing Chelsea. Oh man. I'm gonna go. Ugh, am I confident? Yeah, I'll go. I'll go two 0 Chelsea. Okay. 
but I'm scared. <laughs> I am always scared for every game. Um, I'm anyway. always scared. Everyone's scared. <laughs> it's a scary time we live in. It is, isn't it? Uh, on to our Saturday 3 o'clock kickoffs. There's four this week. And first up, we have Crystal Palace against Newcastle. Um, the first game of the post-Steve Bruce era mm. for Newcastle. Um, and I am curious to see how they play, considering you know that he got sacked today, which is a Wednesday at the time of recording. You know, they've only got three days to implement a post Steve Bruce plan. And it's not going to be much different and the players aren't going to have changed much at all. But I am curious to see whether, you know, Newcastle being bad, was that a Steve Bruce thing or was that a player's thing? And I think it's a it's a good test we can define yeah. out against Palace, who cannot buy a win at the minute. And it's actually insane. Like, they threw away the point, the three points at the weekend um, and they were just, they cannot win and beat anyone, even though... They did the same against they... Brighton, didn't they, as well? Yeah, like they 95th did. 95th minute. They just sit on their, on their leads when, mm. even when they're really kind of tenuous and it's, they haven't got the defence for that. They've got a much more exciting attack compared to defence, so why are they not trying to capitalise when they're up um, by at least a goal or two, you know? Just go for it a bit more. Um, but I thought it was quite, I looked at their head-to-head in the past and their previous five games... They have actually alternated. It's gone Palace, oh. Newcastle, Palace, Newcastle, Palace. So on that metric, mm. could this be Newcastle's first win of the season? It's very possible, especially in now that you know they've just changed their manager. They're looking to you know bounce back after a very very poor start to the season, and they've got to win at some point. So I'm actually going to go for a one nil Newcastle. Win. Really? Wow. Yeah. Ooh. I'm going. I'm going the other way. Okay. <laughs> I, I, th- I think. Yeah, like you said, Palace. Palace need to get that win. Um, after drawing so many times. Yeah. Um, and I think this is this is a perfect opportunity to get it. Like you say, Newcastle, the ghost of Steve Bruce is still going to be very much there at the weekend. They're not going to be able to shake that identity, and and the players are still very much problem i think <laughs> no you know what i mean the <laughs> the identity of steve bruce will, will be forever marked on newcastle um yeah no i think that i think when you said about is the problem a steve bruce problem or a player problem mm. i think it's both and i think the players are massively uh, part of that you know that any manager would struggle with that team i, I genuinely do think um with the quality they've got in there at the minute. Yeah. The only kind of saving factor for, for Newcastle the, the weekend coming up for me is that whenever, I don't know, teams always seem to do well with a, a caretaker in charge as well for some reason. Um, mm. So that might do something for them, you know, that kind of lease of life that there's just any new face in the dugout <laughs> might be might be the key. But no, I fancy Palace. I think they've got enough, especially at home. Um, you know, Newcastle had all the fans against Spurs, and that still didn't do enough for them. So I think I think Palace will win two one in this one. I think they've got enough going for to get it. Okay. I mean, I do like Palace. To be fair, I think mm. they've got something about them. I do enjoy watching them. I think they do play the game the right way. As I'm well. enjoying them. I'm enjoying watching them a lot more this season than I have for a long time. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe I ever. I've never really enjoyed Palace. Hodgson has left that team. So, yeah, yeah. He's also not dead, but you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, At the time yeah. of recording. Exactly. Oh, God. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't curse it. Death. Roger, Roy Hodgson, I bloody hell. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> we move on. Nick makes this seem so easy hosting the podcast. <laughs> I am flapping. Um, anyway, uh, next up on Saturday, we also we have uh, Everton against Watford. Jake, what have mm. you got to tell us? Um, this is a fixture that's been heavily dominated by Everton in the past, mm. as as most teams head to head is with Watford that I seem to be doing the research on. <laughs> yeah. um, all the time, everyone's like, "Yeah, we beat them like forty times." Mm. Um, now Everton have won twenty two. Uh, of the fixtures, four draws and five wins for Watford, so it's massively in the favour wow. of Everton. Um, and Everton have won the last three against Watford as well. Mm-hmm. Watford have just come off the back of a, an embarrassing defeat to Liverpool. I mean, any defeat to Liverpool is, is expected, but the way they performed was They horrific. were just poor. They mm. didn't show anything in that game That at was all. Especially under a new manager as well. It's yeah. not like Ranieri, who I really like, and he's a very good manager. I thought he might see something to suggest that they might have a, a good shout at staying up this season, but the start they had to the season was really good, and now after that performance and getting rid of the manager and that kind of upheaval, I, I fancy them to go down again now. Yeah. Um, I thought they might have a chance, but that that's disappearing fast. Um, people have before you sorry just to cut you off for on. a second. I think lots of people have made a deal about how this is a very competitive league at the top of the table with mm. like Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City. I know Man U are in a bit of a bad way, but they've got the players to mm. to compete. And even at the bottom, there are, I would say, five teams that could go down this year. Oh, yeah, easily. And it's, it's, hopefully we're going to get a really exciting relegation battle mm. because we haven't had one for a long time. It feels like every year it's sewn up before the last yeah, game that's of the season. It. I, think, so. I think we'll definitely have at least 18th position will be up for grabs until yeah, like I think so. two Three, two, one. Even the final day of the season will be really good. Yeah. Like I say, we've not had one of those for a long time, so that'd be really yeah. good to see. Um, on the on the flip side, Everton are, are doing really good. Um, they they look very organised under Benitez, as, as we've talked about. Um, I can't see past an Everton win, but I don't think it'll be quite the embarrassment of, of last week with Liverpool. Um, I think Ranieri now will have had a, a, a decent amount of time to work with these players, and especially on the back of that defeat, will he will not want anything like that to happen again. Yeah. Um, so hopefully the, there'll be a bit of a reaction from Watford, but I still think Everton will will get it. I think it'll be a tight one nil win to Everton. Yeah, I can see an Everton win as well. I think I saw today. I think on Sky Sports News that Calvert Lewin has had a bit of an injury setback with his. Mm. You know, time off, which is annoying because he's, you know, like he's their main man, effectively. Yeah. Front, so they're going on without him at the minute. And they're kind of they're hanging on a minute. They're doing all right. You know, they beat Norwich. They drew to Man U, which is a great result for them. Mm. Lost to West Ham, but that was, you know, super yeah. hard fought game. But they, I looked at the stats of that game. It was like they both had 15 shots each. Like that could have gone either way. Yeah. Um. So I think they're going to be fine and they should be at beat Watford the weekend, especially at home. Mm-hmm. I can see that being, I think, probably 3 0. Oh, really? Big one. Uh, yeah, I'll go 3 0 Everton. Why not? Oh, okay. Richarlison oh. will get two. Yeah. I can see that as well. Yeah. Uh, Watford are shaky, aren't they? So anything could happen. No, absolutely, they are. I don't know what Ranier is going to do with that team. You know, mm. I just, we'll have to wait and see. Um, Next up, after Everton Watford, we've got Leeds against Wolves. Um, and this is actually really even historically. Um, Wolves have won 35 times, Leeds 42 times and 22 draws. So it's it's not you know massively out of balance. Um, 
But in terms of recent history, Wolves have won the last five games against Leeds. And they did the 1-0 double over them in the league last year. So Leeds will be looking for a bit of revenge. However, based on current form, is that going to happen? I don't know. Um, it just feels like... I don't want to say the term freefall for Leeds. It feels like a bit of a stretch at this point. But mm. they've had three losses on the bounce. They're looking nowhere near like they were last year. You know, in the last game, yes, they had more possession and they had more passes and all that stuff, but there was no real plan mm. at the weekend. You know, they did not play well. They only had three shots and zero on target, which is not how Leeds play. The kind of team that they will hit the you know the target four or five times a game, they will have mm. 15 shots. Like, that's what they do. That's what Bielsa has them do, but they're just not playing like that at the minute. And they've, you know, post-international break, you thought, they've had two weeks to kind of reset and find out, you know, what's gone wrong. When at the weekend, nothing looked like it had been sorted out. So Leeds are in a bit of a tricky way. Um, whereas Wolves, on the other hand, will be positively buoyant after their comeback. Um, where, you know, they came back from 2 down to win 3-2, which is a great result. But if you look at the entire game, I mentioned it earlier, you know, Wolves did not look particularly well kind of sort out going forward. You know, apart from Truore, who should have scored the goal of the season, mm-hmm. just couldn't quite, you know, get anything together. And what they tend to do is the same thing that I think Nuno did last year with him, which was they just kind of hold a draw for as long as they can and then nick a goal in the second half after they've kind of basically sucked the life out of the game. And I think that's what Bruno Larger does as well. And he just tries to grind teams down until they're a bit tired and then hits them. Um, and that's what I think he's going to do again at the weekend. He tends to try to manage the game as much as he can. Um, but Wolves are, you know, they're probably one of the team, you know, what we call the boom or bust teams in the league where they either win or lose. They don't mm-hmm. do draws. They've So far this year, they've had four wins, four draws. They've scored eight goals, a lot conceded eight goals. Like they are super, super unpredictable. Um, but they have just about squeaked out three wins in a row. So who am I to bet against them in that kind of form? And I think against Leeds, I'm probably going to stick with Wolves again, just about. I think it's going to be a 2-1 Wolves win up in Elland Road. Mm. I'm going to go against what you just said. I think there's going to be a draw on our hands. Um not a nil-nil, surely. No, 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 no. I think it'll be. A, I think it'll be two-two. I think we're going to see no, a, a a proper. This is my one for like the against the run of form and everything. I think Leeds are going to show up and and throw everything at it. I think Wolves are going to be taken aback and have to mm. react to that quite quickly against their game plan. Um, I think we, whether it'll be a good match or not, I don't know, but it's going to be end-to-end. Exciting, both teams tensely trying to to get the result. Um, I think two two, just a bit of a wild card pick for me that one this week. I like that. I respect it. Um, and the last of the three o'clock kickoffs is, oh god, beautiful one fixture. Of the, oh mate, <laughs> one of the most exciting ones of the weekend of this one. It's Southampton against Burnley. Uh, Jacob, your favourite team, Burnley. What have you got oh, to say? Yeah. Um, <laughs> It this is this has been a very even fixture over the years. Um, twenty three Southampton wins, seventeen draws, and twenty two Burnley wins. So very very evenly matched. Um, but Burnley have lost the last two of these meetings uh, last season. Southampton did double. 
And Southampton are looking a little bit solid. You know, they they got the win uh, at the yeah. weekend, ground that one out, and they've they've been kind of weirdly quite solid at the back. I, I, I didn't expect it. You Early know, losing Vestergaard yeah. especially was was a big a big blow for Southampton. I thought it was going to be, but they've I don't even if they even replaced Vestergaard. I don't think so. I don't think they have, but they've managed to thrive without him. So fair play. Mm. Um, both teams don't have goals in him. Really, at all, mm. barely less so than Southampton, which is why I'm going to go for a very boring one nil Southampton win. One nil Southampton. It could easily I'm... be the nil nil of the weekend, though. It could easily. There's always <laughs> one, and it could be this, this one. It's going to be it's this one. Yeah. yeah, I think this one is. You know, at least it was quite exciting to see from a Chelsea perspective. Amanda Broher had a bit of a breakout mm. game. Mm. I think he looks. Quite the player, actually. I saw he scored a nice goal for Albania in the weekend on international duty, and then he scored, you know, a really solid striker's goal at the weekend. I think he probably either could have scored another, or he could have been a bit less selfish and passed it mm. to make it a bit more comfy for them. Um, but I'm curious whether Broha continues up front, or they do they bring back Adam Armstrong into the fold because you know Armstrong was there big money signing of the season, and he's not really produced no, yet. He's not doing enough at all. No. Um, so we'll see whether Broha can keep his position up top. Um, but for this one, I think, because Burnley are just so shit, <laughs> I'm also going to go with a 1 0 Southampton win. I just can't. Burnley haven't got anything going for them at the minute. Anything exciting? We've just, we just had Nick's results in, Nick's predictions in, and he's also gone for a 1 0 Southampton win. So oh, that's we're interesting. All in that is definitely the result it's going to be now. It is. Uh, so we'll do a little catch up for Nick's results um, of this of these fixtures. Mm-hmm. Um, so so far for the Arsenal Villa game, he's gone for a one all draw. Same as me. Um, yeah. Chelsea sure. Norwich, he's gone very optimistic and gone for a three nil Chelsea win. <laughs> um, Palace Newcastle, he's gone for a one all draw. Um, Everton Watford, a two nil Everton win. Leeds Wolves, a one all draw, and like you said, Southampton one Burnley nil. So Nick cannot now change his results to you know have the great weekend that they're in the world trying to have absolutely. Um, next up is our Saturday evening kickoff at five thirty. We've got quite I think quite it could be quite a good game. Mm. Uh, it's Brighton against Man City. Jacob, yeah, um, yeah. I hope it's a good game. Two teams, obviously, we know all about City and we've talked about Brighton a lot on this show. Um, both teams who've who've had a good season so far. Probably a little bit quietly having a good season. Um, you know, City haven't set the world alight, but they're still the winning football matches. So yeah, they are. Um, and Brighton probably not as consistent as as they could be, but they're they're grinding out the results and they're up there in the um, they're still in the top four. In fact, they are. They're they are in the top four. They're yeah. level with Tottenham. Yeah, uh, but they've got six more goals scored mm. than them. So abs- absolutely flying Brighton in in that respect, but. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be a good game, but I don't think there'll be a lot of goals in this one. I know City, no. City don't generally score a lot of goals, and Brighton don't generally concede a lot of goals or score a lot of goals. Mm. Um, City have won eight of the last nine of these fixtures. So, um, Brighton actually won three two in the last meeting. So it, yeah, it could go either way, but I think I think we'll see a good game of football. A lot of a lot of good possession football and passing, and I think we'll see City sneak a one nil win. 
I think I'm probably on your side of this one. I think if you look at you know Everton's fixture list, they have drawn three in a row, and they've had back-to-back nil-nils. Winning is Arsenal, which they should have won, mm. but then winning is Norwich, and it's like, is has their great start of the season kind of come to an end, which is very possible. Um, mm. But I do like Brian. I think they are going to give Man City a good run because, like you said, you know, Man City are they're winning games, but they haven't been their completely convincing selves this year mm. just yet. And coming up against a well-organized defensive unit like Brighton have been this year could be a little challenge for them. But I think, like you, I think Man City will eventually break them down. And I'm going to go for a two-nil Man City win. Um, Nick, meanwhile, has gone for I believe a three-one Man City win. Yeah, away yeah. from home. Down south, mm-hmm. which is fair enough. Um, and now on to the Sunday fixtures. Uh, next up, we have Brentford against Leicester, uh, which, again, should be actually a really, really good fixture. Mm-hmm. These two are super evenly matched in terms of their form this year. I think Brentford are obviously one of the teams a season, and Leicester have just about hit a nice run of form. You know, they scored four against Man U at the weekend. They scored four tonight in the Europa League. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're doing all right. They've found a bit of something that they were lacking over the last uh, couple of weeks. Um, but historically, Brentford haven't beaten Leicester since 1953. Um, but in that time, they've only played nine times, um, and it's one draw and eight losses for Brentford, um, or eight Leicester wins, I guess. Um, so Leicester have had the run of it in recent times, but this is not the Brentford of 1953. Uh, they were really unlucky not to win the. Or at least get a point, yeah. if not win the game against Chelsea at the weekend. Like I said earlier, without Mendy, they could have been 4-1. You know, they could have won that very comfortably. And they've got some players who you can feel are about to just set the league alight. Like, I think, mm-hmm. is it Mbwemo? He's yeah. hit the post more than anyone yeah, in the league. Yes, yes. Brentford have hit the post more than anyone else in the league. Like, they are a team that they know what they are. They go at games, they attack teams, and they create chances. And there's going to be a game when they proper explode and score three, four, five goals, I think. Mm. It could be this one because Leicester, as much as they found some goal scoring, they still can't stop anyone. Yeah. You know, they 4-2, 4-3 are their previous two results in you know all competitions. Like, that's a lot of goals being scored and conceded. So it could be a bit of a shootout, which I'm quite excited about. Um and I'm looking forward to seeing whether they continue with Pat and Dakar at top. Um, I mean, they've got, they scored four tonight. They've got two, surely. <laughs> exactly. He scored four tonight. He scored five goals in two games, which is mm. quite a run of form. Um, and they've got, you know, three strikers. They've got Vardy, Ian Acho, and now Pat and Dakar, who are all talented. They can mm. all find the back of the net. So they could all easily whether... get 15 a oh, season, easily. at least. So. And I think... You know, they've all got that ability. I think long-term, they probably see Dakar as the Vardy replacement because yeah. they've got that same kind of speed um, to get in behind. But, you know, stick them both up top. See how, how well they can three up deal top. with. Why not? Well, yeah, why not? Go for it. <laughs> you know, try something different because whatever they're doing in a minute isn't entirely working. I mean, it's working yeah. enough, but defensively it needs something different. Um, so I am going for a high-scoring game again. However, I think I'm going to say Brentford are going to nick it. Oh, and I've said they've gone. Th- they're going to have a three-two win. I like the sound of that. Yeah. <laughs> I really like the sound of that. I hope it is <laughs> something like that. Um, I've gone for goals as well in this one. Yeah. I was. This is the one that I've changed the most when I've been kind of typing out my predictions and stuff mm-hmm. for the show. Um, I think. I 
think Leicester will win. And I think the amount of goals they're scoring at the minute will be the key reason for that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I know you're saying about Brentford we might have that game where they explode and score a lot of goals and stuff like that, but I do feel like that's probably the one thing they're lacking at the minute. I know they've got three against Liverpool, obviously, but in general they are lacking that goal, um, that clinical up-top kind of thing. I know Tony's playing that's really true. well and Bueno and Bueno's doing really good as well, but they're not quite... Like ninety nine percent there, yeah, they're not yeah, quite yeah. getting it yet. So I think we'll see three one Leicester win. Three one. Oh, I think it'll be like one nil, then one one, then two one three one. Yeah, yeah, something that's like fair. that. Yeah, I can see it because Leicester are in good form. I just mm. I, Leicester can't stop people scoring. It's the big hang up I've got, and I think Brentford are just going to run at them so hard, but. I hope Wait, so. I, I hope it's yours, to be honest. I'd, I'd love to see a Brentford three two win. Yeah. Um, Nick has also gone for goals in his pre- prediction. He's gone for a two all draw. So I'm thinking Ooh. he thinks they're about evenly matched at the minute. Yeah. Which is probably a fair analysis. Um, the other two are clicking off on Sunday. This is the one on Sky, I think. Uh, this is West Ham against Spurs again. Another tasty fixture. Yeah, very tasty. Scary fixture as well. I don't like. I don't like this fixture at all. Mm. Um, yeah, last season was was horrible against West Ham with the <laughs> the three three draw, which was just the worst, horrible, <laughs> horrible game. I remember watching it, and um, we were winning three 0 absolutely cruising. My father in law came round uh, to watch, like, well, not to watch the game, but caught the last like fifteen twenty minutes or whatever, mm. and. I think he said he was like when it got to three one he was like they'll they're gonna get back in this and then they did and I was like just leave the house please <laughs> go away it was horrible horrible game that one um but yeah it, I don't know this is a really scary one it's, it's hard a, one to call this one I think. it is really super difficult and the head to head doesn't help either like it's so inconsistent no. and the derby games are always you never know what's gonna happen. Anything can happen in these games. Always some kind of surprise. There's probably going to be some like a red card or an own goal somewhere, or I can feel something. There's going to be errors in this game. I think yeah, yeah. you know Spurs have hopefully finally found the scoring boots a little bit, and obviously Kane's got his first league goal, which I think is huge, mm. hugely important. Um, <sighs> I can never bet against them. I can't bet against Spurs. <laughs> I feel t- if we if I bet against them and we lose, then I'm doubly miserable. So I'd rather have the hope at least. Um, I'm going to go for a two-one Spurs win. It's not going to be comfortable at all. And it, mm. Yeah, it's not going to be. It's going to be a good game to watch for a neutral, I think. But I think it's going to be very stressful for me to watch. But I think two-one. I think Kane's going to score again. We well, you can only hope, I suppose. And I've just mm. realised that. That three old drip game last year was the one with Lanzini's just yes, unbelievable yes, yes, goal. Yes, yes. So, yeah, fit. that was horrible goal game last year. I mean, goal of the season by a mile for me, that one. <laughs> that was incredible. Um, but in terms of my prediction, West Ham, man, I can't figure them out at the minute. Yeah. They've really kind of, after their amazing start, they've just hit a bit of a, a horrible run of form. Like, you can't decide, decide whether they're going to turn up or not. Like, they've had, you know, win, loss, win, loss. Like, I don't know. 
they're doing well in Europe, which is good. That's giving mm. them confidence. But in the league, they're just not as solid as they were a few weeks ago. Um, so I think, like you've said, Spurs have found themselves a bit more the last couple of weeks. Mm. And they were well, what five goals into games now? The last two games, yeah, so they're yeah. doing. They found something, and I think West Ham are so inconsistent that. It's in. Is it in West Ham or is it in Spurs? It's it's in West Ham. Yes. That's oh, that. Oh, that changes things. That does change mm. things. Because that place can be on fire when yep. the crowd wants it to be. Yeah. I'm gonna go for a very exciting two all draw. I think. I think it's gonna be a one nil, one all, two one two two. One I'd, of those take, I'd take that. I'd take a draw in this yeah. one just because of how scary it is. <laughs> yeah, that's it right now. Um, Nick has gone oh, very different to all of us. You've gone mm. for a Spurs win for a draw. Nick's gone for a one nil West Ham win. Nick, Nick, can, Nick can rot in hell. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see it being that low scoring. I think both sides are a bit suspect defensively. Um, well, we'll see. We'll see. One nil mm. is Nick's prediction. Um, and rounding off the weekend of fixtures is the tie of the weekend yeah it's one of the great matchups in premier league history this one we've got man u against liverpool and i think with all of the narrative going on at the minute in the league mm. there's just so much to talk about in this fixture like my notes for the man u team on this episode is long longest kind of bits of notes done for i think all season um so historically it's one of the most played in the premier league um but Man U have got the edge just about. So Man U have won or beaten Liverpool 89 times. Liverpool have got 78 wins and there are 68 draws. So it's super even between the two. Um, and I, I, looking at the previous results as well, in the last 10 games, you know, there's Man U have won it twice, Liverpool three times, and there's been five draws. I, I get the impression that Klopp plays this fixture quite, not scared, but he, likes to, he doesn't like to lose to Man U. So he tends to play it a bit safer. But I think looking at the way Man U are right now, Liverpool have got to go for it. Mm. I think Liverpool are on current form. I think even though Chelsea are top, I think Liverpool are the best team in the league at the moment. Um, like we said earlier with the team of the week, Salah is in just ridiculous form. Yeah. Um, and Man U just do not have the players to stop him the way he's playing at the minute. And Liverpool, they know what they're about. They know exactly how they want to play. And they always, they have done for years in the club. This is just the other team that will always come after you and always press you high and always win the ball back high and just always stress you out and that's what Liverpool are like and I think this is a chance for Liverpool to potentially really embarrass United um, because it's going to be a, a, an example of a team that knows who they are versus a team who hasn't got a clue what they are you know mm-hmm. Solskjaer has his team playing in such a disjointed way um, and personally I do, I do kind of hope Liverpool do put United to the sword a bit just because I really dislike United, I really dislike Solskjaer, that I just I'm kind of enjoying their absolute demise right now. I know they won tonight in a three-two comeback win, but against Atalanta, yeah, not against Liverpool. No, exactly. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be interesting. But in terms of United, they are there's it's dangerous times for them. Um, it does feel like the walls are closing in on Solskjaer. The mm-hmm. media this week has just been complete crazy about Solskjaer talking about is his time up, do the players trust him, what are his tactics, I've read everything. It's been fascinating. Good questions. Yeah, there's so many of them. And we've mentioned it before, everyone's talking about it. November for Man U 
is mm. a, an insanely difficult month. You know, they've got three Champions League fixtures. They've got Liverpool, Tottenham, Man City, Chelsea, and Arsenal just in the space of a month. Like, that is such a massive time for Man U to try to come up with something. And if this month goes badly, then it will surely be curtains. But yeah. it could be curtains before that. If even, you know, if this game goes badly at the weekend against Liverpool, it could be as soon as that for them. Um, and I've been, just, I've been fascinated by what's happening with United. Like, there was a really interesting article in The Athletic this week about Sancho and how he obviously hasn't found any form yet for Man U. He's really struggling to know what his role is. But I think what they were saying was that Sancho at Dortmund, the Dortmund side he was in was so well organised and well drilled that they had their patterns and they had the systems that he knew that players were making runs and they were knew, they knew what each other was doing. Whereas right now, Man U are the kind of team that are reliant on individuals doing something special. Mm. They're reliant on Ronaldo and Fernandez and Greenwood, or now Rashford, he's back in play, on doing something just to turn the game on its head. Which it's a very is kind dangerous of like, tactic. Yeah, it is. Super dangerous. And that's not where someone like Sancho thrives. He thrives when the team is humming and working together. Mm. And, you know, United, I'm sure they've been called individual brilliance FC or something this year, which is just what they have been. You know, against mm. Leicester, United were really poor the whole game and they got away with, you know, they went up 1-0 because of an unbelievable goal from Greenwood from like mm. 25, 30 yards. And the second goal was just a long ball from Lindelof that Rashford latched onto. Like there was no creativity there. It was just hit and hope, see what happens. And mm -hmm. that's what United are right now. And then also in the league anyway, Ronaldo, what is he up to? I think he you was, mentioned it in the group he chat. Missing. He was just poor against Leicester. He looked off the pace. He looked. Mm. He had a poor first touch. He never really had a shot. Fernandez had a poor game. Couldn't find Ronaldo. They played Maguire after one training session. Varane is out for the next few weeks as well. Like there's things are going wrong at Man U right now, um, and it just feels like they are constantly having to paper over cracks with, you know, a win tonight against Atlanta. Yes, mm. well done, but they're not all there. And against Liverpool, for me, that's going to come home to roost, and they're going to get quite resoundingly beaten. I'm thinking, do you remember when Man City smashed them at like 6-1 a few years mm. ago? I'm thinking that kind of... Really? Not that big, but I've my predictions have gone for a 4-1 Liverpool win wow. at the weekend. Yeah, At Old Trafford as well? Yeah. I think it's going to be a statement <laughs> win for Liverpool this weekend. That's a sacking. If that happens, that's a sacking. It's got to be. You can't lose 4-1 at home. To Especially Liverpool. to Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, that, that will be fun to watch. Um, <laughs> I don't think. It, well, I don't think it'll be that big, personally. Um, mm. But I do think Liverpool will win comfortably. Um, as you said, the the problems Man U have got are not fixed by a win in midweek against Atlanta. The the coming up against a Liverpool side who just are unstoppable at the minute. I can't. I can't see it going any other way than a Liverpool win. Mm. Um. And I don't, I, I can't even see Manchester United making it difficult for Liverpool either. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. that's the thing. It's not even going to be a tight game or a well contested game. I think it's going to be a comfortable no. Liverpool win. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for two nil. I think. Yeah. I'll keep fair. it respectable, but yeah, two nil. I can see that. I just, I just can see Liverpool just dominating the midfield because Man, you haven't got one. Like. Mm. 
Liverpool are going to run riot. They're going to have, you know, like Cater and Henderson. And Guaranteed this is going to be a Man U win now. Guaranteed. I mean, it could be. It could be. <laughs> Mainly because as well, Liverpool, uh, Nick has also gone for a Liverpool win yeah. and he's gone for a 3-1 Liverpool win. Yeah. I think we're all pretty much on Liverpool side on this one. I th- I can't see Man U winning, but it would be a very Solskjaer United thing mm-hmm. to do, which was to have against all the shit they've had to pull one massive result out of the bag. Mm-hmm. I, can see I can't it see it. I, I can't can. see it. I can. It's not going to... I'm going to stick with my prediction, but mm. it's such a shit-house result to pop up that it, like, it will happen, probably. Oh, it'd be interesting. I'm looking forward um, to it. It's going to be a good game. Mm. It's going to be yeah, a good probably. weekend, I think. It is. Um, but yeah, so that rounds up our weekend uh, previews. Fingers crossed we do better. I know next week, I think Nick is going to give us a little double rundown of our points mm. on the... Uh, I think I did all right this weekend. That's just gone, in fact. I got I a few, I got I a few did, correct. But I, I think I might have got like maybe teams right, but not scores. I don't know. I, I, got, I got a couple of scores. I'm excited to hear the scores. Yeah, yeah I think you, did, you were tracking it closely, weren't you? I, I was, stuff. I was. Um, and so to finish off our episode this week we are going to take a trip to uh, my fantasy corner Um, and first up uh, normality has resumed back at the top of our Premier League Uh, the top four has gone back to type um, where you've got the Kai's limit in fourth place Santan Dave McGoldrick in third Splat FC has returned to second place where he rightfully He'll belongs. Be happy about that. He will be. And Sean Alexander remains our leader, and his lead keeps growing. He's got like 30 odd points ahead of Sam Flat in mm. second place now. Funny, funny enough, uh, Splat said to me the other day, can't you, just, can't you just kick him out of the league? <laughs> <laughs> we have that power, but I we think do. Sean has, he has shown so much knowledge. We've got to mm. kind of get some tips off him because he's also. Big Sean Alexander, our top point scorer of the week with a very nice 69 points um, with <laughs> Salah and Chilwell leading the way for his team. So yeah. very well done to Sean there. In terms of our um, luck, Jacob, mate, you keep climbing. I You're will. on a run here. This is what happens, mate. I told you last week. <laughs> you did. The charge is on happening. for a, you know, at least what, top 10, if not even What am I up to? 15th? 16th? You're 17th right 17th. now. 17th. Um, and you had a good week with... 56 points which yeah. was above the league the, you know the league average so well yep. done yep, yep, yep. Um, Nick but, keeps falling though nah, Nick, Nick forgot to do his team again didn't he that he did he forgot excuse. to look at like four weeks in a row yeah, yeah. this is what happens with Nick every year <laughs> last well, see, season he had like I said he had Sun on the bench all season last oh, season <laughs> idiot idiot boy Mm. um but nick has fallen down to 29th you know last week he had i think something like 18 points this week Mm. he had 29 like he's had two back-to-back poor weeks but he's still ahead of me which is great (laughs) um i'm still perfect that you're the uh i know guru i'm the guru and i'm just absolute (laughs) shit um i did climb this week i went up to 31st which is good for me But I had the same points as you, so I did have an actually quite oh, solid that's week. Good. That's good. Mainly thanks to Sal, like I said earlier. Yeah. Um, but I had some solid points. Um, in terms of tips, um, I still think you know having any Chelsea defender is a good value pickup. Mm-hmm. Um, like Chilwell this week had, I think, 15 points, which is yeah. really good for a defender. Um, you might keep an eye on as, as a you know a backup striker, keep an eye on Pats and Daka, who is just hitting a bit of form. But on the topic of strikers, What's going on right now with strikers? I was looking hey. at, I think, our the top 10 teams in our league. And I think the only ones with more than two points were like Ings and Aubameyang. Yeah, Everyone else I'm had one or so two points. I'm pissed off at mine. 
I've changed it so many times this season. And like yep. Antonio's stopped playing. Ronaldo, oh, since yep. I signed him, he's done fuck all. Yep. I've now swapped Ronaldo for Lukaku, and he's looking like he's going to be fucking Just injured. Been injured, yeah. So I'm I'm thinking I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to Kane after this weekend. Mm, you might have a bit of faith form. in my man and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Like my strikers, I've got. Well, I thought it was quite good. I've got Lukaku, Antonio, and Huang, but it should be they, good. Between them, had five points this week, so <laughs> yeah. they had less than Connor, fucking Cody, and Ch- uh, Shane Duffy. Shane yeah. Duffy, is that his name? Yeah, 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 Shane Duffy. He's like, in my team. He's, he's he's a solid player to have in that he's, team. He's, he is good. Like, but in what world are two centre backs beating out your strikers week on week with points? Yeah. It's a concern. Um, so I think it's worth investing in a super like high end midfielder mm. like a Salah because he's always going to score. Mm. Um, and against Manu, he likes scores against Manu, doesn't he? And yes, he does. In such form that you can't go wrong with Salah. Could Salah be a triple captain this week? That's risky. That'll be, that is risky. That's a big. Play I know some. I think someone in our league did that for him yeah. last weekend. Um, well, he had twenty six last week, so he had yeah, a bit good of a week strong to do week, it. Did Salah. Yeah. Um, but that rounds up our fantasy corner. Um, good luck in this weekend's fixtures, uh, Jake, for both the predictions and your fantasy league. Uh, hope you keep climbing. Uh, but that that does round up our episode as well. Um, as ever, thank you very much for listening. Um, I really enjoy doing it. I know you do as well. I know Nick mm. does too. I'm sure Nick is, was gutted to not be on tonight's episode. He'll be back yes. on next week, I'm sure. Um, but we do want to say if you want to kind of get involved with us on Twitter, you can tweet us at gr underscore pod. Uh, keep sending in your questions in our either just tweet us or DM us. You can our DMs are open for anything and everything. Um, so please get in touch, and we will continue to do this up this podcast every single week. Uh, next so week, are we um, are we doing the the left back next week? Oh, we're good. Gonna, we're put that yes. out there. Yeah, we will. So next week it. we're going to um, continue our all-time best 11 and we're going to go into our left-backs next week. Um, I wonder who that is going to be. Mm. I'm going to continue my homerism, I think, next week. I, th- I think you're going to uh, win as well. I think so as well. Uh, but we can only see maybe Marcus Alonso might pop up or uh, Ian Hart. I don't know. Do you know Something what? Like I was thinking this morning or yesterday about the left-back thing and I was like, who would be a proper left? Field left, left field, back, left back. Yeah, and yeah. Ian Hart was quality. He really was. He was he... from from a dead ball, mm. unreal on yep. his day, unreal. Yeah, yep, yep. So we'll but see we'll if I, uh, I might pivot to Ian Hart next week yeah, and man. chat about we'll, that. We'll, we'll find out next week. <laughs> um, but thank you for listening. Thank you, Jake, for joining me this week. My pleasure, as always. It's been great fun to have you on. I have been Reese, um, and we'll see you next week for our next episode of the Goldmouth Ramble. Look after yourselves and we'll see you next time.